It's Giving Tuesday, which, you know, in the, in the wake of an orgy of spending, and I forget, I, I saw a poll, I think, during the last Christmas season, and it was about how frequently people go shopping for presents to give to other people and end up buying something for themselves. So in this orgy of spending on consumer goods, maybe it's nice to have a day to reflect on how we can make a difference and where we could donate things. And we got, uh, we received an email from the folks at Haven Toronto, which is a drop-in center and a place that is designed to help people who face housing challenges who are seniors. And uh, Stephen Dorsey, head of marketing at the shelter, joins us right now. Nice to have Nice to meet you. Uh, nice to meet you, too. Thanks for having me on. Tell us all about Haven. Well, Haven Toronto has been around for 90 years. It was established in 1933 during the Depression and specifically is a, a day center for elder men over 50 who are homeless or marginally housed. So in Toronto, that's a major problem. So we serve more than 400 members uh, uh, that are members of Haven, and we serve nearly 300 of them every day with uh uh, breakfast, lunch, a snack, and then there's all kinds of support services that they can take advantage of uh, when they come here. And on this giving Tuesday, you're also collecting clothes? Well, you can imagine, you know, being uh, homeless uh, and being on the street, warm clothes is important. So we've been doing a winter clothing drive that we started last week. It culminates today so people can uh, donate uh, gently used or new clothing, winter boots, jackets, mitts. Uh, warm socks, and they can drop it off at Haven Toronto at 170 Jarvis Street, uh, or any time throughout the year. But uh, right now is a good time. And for those who can't do that, they can also go to haventoronto.ca and make a donation. And uh, it goes a long way and makes a great impact. Are there clothing items that you guys need that don't generally come in? Well, boots, winter boots, yeah. you know, because uh, those are big ones. And, but, you know, uh, some of the men, you know, are wearing sneakers in the snow, so you can imagine how challenging that is. So winter boots are a big one. Um, uh, you know, underwear, socks, everything that will keep someone warm during, you know, some cold, chilly nights for a long winter here in Toronto. Uh, originally, one of your clients, Mike Day, was going to be on our call, and uh, we haven't found him. But can you tell us something about Mike? Absolutely. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's uh, uh, in his late 60s now. He's been... Uh, homeless or marginally housed since he was 18 years old in the system. So, you know, I always say to people, they say, like, who are these men? I said, it, it could be your brother, it could be your uncle, it could be your grandfather. These are men that, for whatever reason, found themselves, un you know, homeless, uh, navigating the system, and when they get older, like Mike, it becomes even more challenging. But he's a bit of a good news story. You know, he's been coming to Haven for, uh, you know, over 10 years, and just recently, uh, with the support of one of our um, workers here, Wayne, who just happens to be a childhood friend of his, uh, from all those years ago, uh, Wayne helped uh, Mike get uh, uh, housing, which is actually in the neighborhood here, and so he's got a warm place to put his head down every night. How common is that? Because most of my knowledge about uh, homeless issues is about young people, and it's a lot easier to get them on track. And you provide them temporary shelter, get them through school, get them into a job. You can mainstream them and house them. But with a senior man, that must be a bit of a challenge. 
it, there's all kinds of challenges. Think about, you know, even here at Haven, they can receive their mail, they can uh, use telephones, computers, so they can have access to information, they can apply for their service, for their benefits, right? So we help them with that. So if you don't have idea, how do you apply for your benefits? How do you get your check if you don't have an address, right? Things like that. So then, of course, and then many of them have a need for some medical attention and for some mental health. We provide those supports here as well. Uh, shelters can be dangerous for older people. Uh, so this is a nice, safe place for them. We have uh, very, you know, uh, strict rules and policies in, in regards to behavior. So they can come here and they can kind of relax. There's TVs, there's gaming area, there's a place to commune. So for them, you know, we're open every day, 365 days a year from 8 to 4. So for them, this is really a sanctuary. Thanks a lot for this. Good luck. Hope we uh, get Thanks. the word out. Thank you so much, and I appreciate it. That's Stephen Dorsey. He's the head of marketing at the shelter. It is called Haven. Uh, You can Google for it. Make sure you don't land on the other Haven, which apparently is a luxury clothing line. Uh, And as he mentioned, they're located at 170 Jarvis. And yeah, clothes become all that much more important this time of year when you got to start thinking about you know, sheltering yourself from the cold and the misery. And interesting that um, Stephen mentioned boots, because I guess most of us buy a pair of boots and wear them out and then give them the toss. But maybe if you've got some gently used boots, you could think about dropping them off at Haven. And as he mentioned, they're at 170 Jarvis Street. So, very quickly, I want to revisit a conversation we had earlier this morning, and if you want to weigh in on this, as always, um, I do. The, I talk about the stuff that I kind of want to share with you, and if you want to get in on the conversation, I don't generally frame it as a question. Um, I just, you know, if you want to weigh in, and this would be Ontario Place, then please do so. Although my question, I guess, would be, do you care? Because <laughs> some people seem to think that certain things in this town are an existential issue and that the idea of building this spa which is actually apparently going to be a glorious water park it's not going to be people wandering around in japanese slippers uh, with cucumbers on their eyes it's going to be a place where families are going to spend time where maybe you'll go on a date where people will, I mean, the the renderings I've seen are quite spectacular. Kind of reminds me of, it would be an inside version of the Blue Lagoon, if you've ever been to the Blue Lagoon in uh, Iceland, which is this huge series of, uh, of pools, all different heights and depths. You can swim, you can just stand there, and uh, you can be on your knees. And there's a swim-up bar, so what's not to like? Uh, 416-872-1010. But Norm DePasquale is with an organization that doesn't want the spa, that doesn't want a parking lot there, that uh, does not want all of those trees. I think, I I forget what the figure was, but it's in the hundreds, if memory serves, of trees that are going to be cut down at Ontario Place. And he feels that they kind of got bamboozled yesterday when Olivia Chow said, I'm out, I got no pony here. I think disappointed is a good word. Um, You know, our supporters and and we're disappointed that this fight is leaving the city in this manner. But, um, you know, we're going to pick back up and now take the fight over to Queen's Park where everything is going. The province is introducing legislation so that they don't need to follow any laws that are meant to protect Ontarians. So they're giving the Minister of Infrastructure power to move MZOs. We've seen how well those MZOs have gone recently in the very recent past. Um, You know, they're saying that they won't need to follow environmental rules, heritage rules. Well, why do we have any of these rules that are out there to protect Ontarians if we're just going to go ahead and squash them to do whatever we want anyway?
Now, the one thing I keep on find myself wondering is what is it that the people who oppose the current plan actually want, or are they just against the spa and just against the parking lot? And actually, on the matter of the parking lot, Doug Ford actually kind of yielded yesterday and said, yeah, we could move it to the other side of Lakeshore. Uh, but here's Norm DeBasquale talking about what they would, his group anyway, would like to see. What we want is a 21st century public space, you know, think um, Montreal waterfront, um, think Chicago waterfront, you know, something which prioritizes public interest first. And then we start to slot in the commercial interest, not leading with a mega spa and then trying to fit everything else around it. Because what you get is kind of what looks like a very big cottage on a little island and, and something that is it, just not meant to handle that that scale of like a mega spa, which doesn't celebrate and reflect Ontario. Well, it'll be interesting to see if there's any movement at Queen's Park, but because uh, obviously Doug Ford has shown tremendous flexibility on a number of files, including giving Toronto an awful lot of what it was looking for. But at the same time, I have to think that after a while you get tired of making plans and scrapping plans and then making other plans and drawing maps and coming up with ideas and uh, putting things out to tender and then never doing anything. Toronto, as you know, my slogan is Toronto City of the Eternal Plan.